Life, love, and liberty. Happy Thursday to you. How are you guys doing? Hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing well. I just got off of a very fun show. It was great. It's called the Chauncey Show. It's really cool. It's it's uh it's rare that I'm invited on these days to talk about me. <laughs> I have kind of a funny story to tell about that. If you will, if you'll humor me, my my. My uh, former programming director in terrestrial radio, God bless him. Man, I love that guy. He was so wonderful. He still is. Um, man, he just taught me so much about so much he doesn't even know. And, and was so um, gracious in allowing me, you know, airtime on a station that was, you know, the number one news station in the country for conservative news. And it was just amazing. And took a chance on me and blessed me with, um, you know, airtime and filling in for national people. And it was cool. And giving me my own show time. And those were great years because it was like being baptized by fire. And so on the Chauncey show, I was just talking about, you know, my just, he wanted to know about coming to the Lord and my radio career and my life, you know, just all of it. And I was like, oh, wow, cool. I'm actually talking about something other than politics. And, uh, but, and that might sound a little like, oh, good, I get to talk about myself, right? And so, uh, and we all know that my industry produces nothing short of, you know, mass narcissism, right? So, so my PD brings me in, he's like, Monica, before I'm hired, and he's trying to like pick my brain, like he wants, he wants to get to know me, like this is a personality test, and to see whether or not I have what it takes, Right? Because I'm on a station where Neil Bortz was the show. I mean, we shared the same station and Neil had retired, but you know, Neil was a was a gonad buster. I mean, I don't know what's worse, saying ball or gonad. I'm pretty sure gonad's worse. But but he was a ball buster there, excuse me if that offends you, but he was, he just was, and he still is. But that's who he was. And he did not pull any punches. I mean, it was like, okay. You're dumb. See ya, dump. And, or he just let you go on and prove how dumb you were. So he was great. In his heyday, you know, our station was like psh, the Neil Bortz capital. Okay. So I, I, so here I am, a chick in talk radio on top of that, <laughs> which if you know anything about talk radio, uh, it's definitely not littered with the female persuasion with the estrogen species. So, but that's cool because I, I like dudes and I'm, I get along really good with dudes and I learn a lot from dudes. And so, and I'm not in competition. That's something I actually love about myself is that I'm actually a very competitive person, uh, against myself or in sports. I will annihilate you on a softball field, like, or golf. What? Oh, it's on like Donkey Kong, but in my professional world, I don't have time for that. I was created with gifts and talents that are not yours. And you were created with gifts and talents that are not mine. And hopefully there's some synergy there where we can make some really cool stuff. 
right? But man, you guys would be shocked at how competitive dudes are, especially with a chick in their arena. And it was so grievous. So my program director, my PD, was like, I gotta vet this chick and make sure she's got what it takes whenever she starts getting callers. You know, can she handle her colleagues? I mean, he knew what he was doing. I had no idea what he was up to at the time. So I'm like, you know, I go in there, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, how am I supposed to answer these questions? Right? Because I wanted the job. You know how you do in an interview. You're like, what's the right answer? And now they, you know, they categorize you by every letter of the alphabet. Is he an NJPTQRS? Is he a uh, LGBTQ? Is he an NJ whatever? You know, all these personality and sexual profiles. This is just ridiculous, right? As opposed to, does she have raw talent? Does she have the qualifications? Does she have an education? Does she have a teachable spirit? Is she easy to get along with? Is she a team player? Does she work well with others? You know what I mean? Like those were qualifications. Does she have the merit for this job? Does anyone stand next to her to, you know, vouch for her ability to do this job? I mean, none of that, all that's out the HR principal's office window, like flushed down the HR toilet. And so I, and I don't subscribe to any of that, not in my own business or others. I tell, you know, uh, companies every day, you want your company to thrive, get off of the identity inclusion, um, you know, the alphabet soup identifiers of all things equitable and inclusion, blah, 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 blah. Get off of all of that and let people get back to, are you qualified to do the work? Are you a team player? Are you here to build our bottom line? And some people are so afraid of the litigious aspect of this and of the nature of the beast of our current, you know, amoral society where everyone's hyper inflated around their identity and offended. If you don't honor their whatever, their personal constitution of the hour, right? It's just crap. So anyway, my PD brings me in and he's like, so um, would you consider yourself, you know, would you consider yourself, what do you say? Not pride. Would you consider yourself, you know, arrogant? It was like a word that was kind of off-putting to me where I thought, well, no. Like, why would I want to be arrogant? No. Like, I wouldn't say I'm arrogant, you know. Um, or so, He didn't say self-confident because that's something where I would have been like, well, yeah. I mean, I have confidence in, in again, as a Christian, I bump up against, you know, the religious ones who are like, well, there's no self-confidence at all, God. And I'm like, well, yeah, I know that, goofball. I know that anything I am today is by the grace of God, trust me. And God knows I know that. So thank you so much for killing me with the word. But step aside, Holy Spirit, <laughs> wannabe. So for me, I'm like, well, yeah, I have confidence. <laughs> yes, I have self-confidence. Next. But he didn't ask that. It was It was very targeted. It was very deliberate. It was awesome because I failed miserably. But then, you know, he knew that I was, he knew I was up to the task because I'm sassy and, and I'm, and I am confident, but he didn't know if I was going to buckle under the pressure of a caller who was just barking at me. He had no idea. That's a chance you take on talent. And, and that ends up being an FCC, you know, thousands of dollars of fines, depending upon how crazy your talent is. So I had some hurdles to, you know, to, to cross for him to, uh, to know my, my, my character and that I could handle, um, stress and pressure. And that took some testing and that was cool. But I, you know, when he was like, so would you consider yourself, you know, arrogant? Um, I was like, no, of course not. I'm not arrogant. 
<laughs> and he was like, well, fun fact, uh, if you're going to be, you know, like a, a national personality, there's not a single national personality that will not tell you that they're full of themselves on some level and that they're not arrogant. I'm like, oh, well, I'm not arrogant. You know, I'm like polishing my halo. <laughs> and now I understand what he was saying. And so there's my side story, my sidebar, um, that I'm laughing because I'm so excited that I got to talk about myself on someone else's show and just how narcissistic that much that must sound to some of you. Um, but I mean that because I did get to give God glory for over 45 minutes and I needed the reminder of the work he's done in my life. Right? I mean, we all do. It's so easy to get to just buy your own press or to get rolled up and all the accusations hurled against you as a person in media. All the pressure of people looking to you for the right answers, you know, or or the facts. When's evil can evil descending back into the Oval Office? I'm like, I have no idea. Do you? I mean, if you do, send me the send me that someone send me the memo. I don't know how I don't have those answers. I met with my former producer today, and it was amazing. And I, you know, it's amazing how far I've come in the short period of time since he took a chance on me and believed in me, and so did my station. And it's just amazing how doors have opened and totally different pathways have opened that I could not have foreseen in a million trillion years. And so, but the pressure is on some days, and it's just nice to have a reprieve to go. Hey, yeah, thanks for thanks for asking me about my origins because it gives me an opportunity to be reminded of how much God has done in my life. And some of you are like, oh gosh, here we go. God, you're the one who decided to say yes. Excuse me, you're the one who did it. It was you, Monica. You know, you're self-made. I'm like, no. Mm-mm. No. I know I can hold my own on the air with a real abrasive collar or just a jack leg. I've done it. I could do it. I could do it in my sleep. Um, and I don't get crazy. I've only gotten crazy one time actually on the air. That's a whole other story. It's actually kind of interesting. But I have never, um, maybe this show will be about my stories. How about that? Instead of bedtime stories, tonight I'll just share with you all of my radio uh, stories. But they're kind of comical. And they're and they have life stories for you wrapped up in them. Um, but I was like... No, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not full of myself. I'm not arrogant and I'm not self-made. I'm not self-made, but I, but I did, God was very gracious to me in opening my eyes to truth, to his truth. And when I started to apply his truth to my life, whether it was in good times or bad, challenges or smooth sailing what i saw was god because nine times out of ten the instruction was counterintuitive to my human behavior to my fallen behavior my fallen nature it was completely contrary to it you know not leaning on your own understanding right and god will have you do things where you're like what because he uses the foolish things to confound the wise. And most of us believe we are wise in our own sight, in our own minds. And believe me, in this time, in this culture, in this country, this climate in the country right now, it would be very easy. And I'm sure it's very easy for some folks in my industry to start believing their own press. 
and start believing that they walk on water. I talk about that a lot on my show about you guys being careful about not erecting people as little idols right now while we're in the desert. And we are in a desert politically, sociopolitically speaking. This country is in the desert. Now, I don't know what the heck President Trump meant by the best is yet to come. And okay, you're right, because Jesus hasn't returned yet. So I'll just land on that page. And maybe President Trump is coming back, or maybe it'll be 2022. Maybe it will be August. I don't know. Uh, Maybe it'll be 2022. Maybe it'll be 2024. I have no idea. Like I say every night, all I know is what's right in front of me. And what I'm tasked with, what's right in front of me. And I can't even get... I can't even perfect forgiveness or mercy or loving someone, uh, much less perfecting all the right, righting all the wrongs of this country. If I can't do that in my own personal life, then who am I to hold the elected to some standard um, by which I refuse to live? I'm just being real. And so there are things in my life that I still struggle with, duh, because so do you, big deal. You know, and I and I don't need the church to shame me into a new direction. I need my Father's Holy Spirit to convict me, and I need the obedience to turn and follow. And usually I don't want to because, you know, on most days I'm a thoroughbred and I'm an amazing racehorse. On other days, I'm an unmitigated ass, a stubborn mule that just does not want to leave my stall. Or I'm out here grazing, leave me alone, or I see something pretty and I'm going to chase after that. Or, you know, you know, y'all know how it is. And, and the Bible says that stubbornness is this witchcraft. See, I read that stuff. I'm like, okay, don't want to be stubborn anymore. (laughs) I don't want to be associated with divination and witchcraft. That's not my kingdom. That might be your kingdom. And and maybe one day that will no longer be your kingdom. If it is, I'm not here to shame you out of it. I'm just telling you it's not mine. And there's no such thing as white magic and dark magic. No, there are two kingdoms. And there's no mat there's no white magic in God's kingdom. That's not the economy or the practice of or the precepts of God's kingdom. So you can't serve two masters is where I land on that. I digress. Um so it was really cool tonight to just go back in time uh, with this gentleman. And I'll put the show up. I, I hope he records it. If he did, then once I receive it from him, I'll put it up and you guys can listen. And I look forward to having him on my show as well. He's an overcomer. He's someone who, you know, found himself in federal prison, a homeless. Uh, you know, he's, and he gives God all the glory. He's a black gentleman who um, aligns with Judaism and um, he is uh, also a, a, I believe he's a believer in Jesus Christ. Um, so I think some people refer to themselves as perfected Jews. And I don't mean that to slight you if you're Jewish. That is an actual sect of Christianity. Um, people believe that if you have Jesus and you practice Judaism, that you are perfected. I don't know what that means. I understand the draw. I do because Judaism is beautiful. I mean, Greek Orthodox or Orthodoxy in period is um, is a beautiful practice that incorporates a lot of Judaism. 
um, you know, minus the fatted calves and bulls and fat of the sheep and all this, uh, minus that, um, you know, Jesus is the sacrifice in Christianity and the only sacrifice and the final sacrifice for the atonement of man's um, sins. And so with that, this gentleman, you know, I'm going to ask that whenever he comes on, I need to ask him. I didn't even think about that till just now, you know, whether or not he is um, a Christian. <laughs> Probably should have paid attention to that. Anyway, not that it matters. I love him and he's great. And uh, he's got a wonderful testimony that would bless you. So I just appreciated the opportunity. And I thought I would share that with you in other news. In other news. Even though, you know, the most important news ever is that God is faithful and he is going to be faithful in everything. Nothing that's happening right now in this country surprises him. Nothing has taken him by storm. Uh, he's not freaked out. He is, uh, he, is, he is not in the heavenlies freaked out. He's not pacing heaven. He's not mad at you. He's not planning your demise, right? He is yearning. He is calling for you. Now, check this out. So... I was told that the, and, I, and I've had several people in my life come to me with issues they're having um, after having taken the experimental drugs. And I was notified today that the CDC is having emergency meetings on, um, on a rare heart inflammation in the, quote, vaccinated on people, especially in the younger folks uh, in their 20s. And I got to tell you, I mean, we saw this coming, right? And, and, and here's the thing. I, what, I, what I want to do is preempt. I, I, want to, I want to activate you. And I use that term quite deliberately. I want to activate you to get out of the habit of the I told you Okay, and wasting, you can say it, that's fine. You can tweet it once or twice, 10 times max, right? Facebook it, whatever, get off Facebook. But you can post it, you can take your, you know, your victory lap, whatever it is you need to do, that, yep, we told you so. Okay, and then I need you to move on from that. And I need you to start working in your communities. I need you to form groups. I need you to join groups that are already formed to stand against things of this nature and to help elect people who will also stand against things of this nature and to hold these people accountable in the court of lawfare. So us taking our victory lap and spending this inordinate week where something is, quote, trending, and we think that's cool because we're like, oh, told you, told you, here we go. The first casualties, the first fallout are our young people. And the last thing we need to be doing is shaming people who are starting to have adverse effects. Um from this uh, so-called vaccination. That is not the route to take, by the way. I just, I, I, don't, I don't think that's helpful. I don't think it's healing. That is not who we are. It doesn't need to be who we are. It is cruel. Now, it's also cruel that those very same people have been, you know, demanding that the rest of us who are not going to take an experimental drug into our veins, that we do it that we agree with it because they bought into the narrative that the CDC, who's not a legislative branch, by the way, need I remind us of that again, they are not a legislative branch. So when I see things retweeted and parroted, well, the CDC says that we can now do this. Well, who the hell died and gave the CDC the authority? 
But wasting any time at all on the gotchas is going to be a waste of your precious energy. And we're wasting time because this will not be the last time that we are faced with a bioweapon. And I wholeheartedly believe that that is exactly what this was, that it was crafted moons ago. I mean, how many years has the church spent shaming and assigning death sentences to God for taking out the gays with AIDS? And now, hopefully some of you have learned that that crap was concocted basically by the same people in the same freaking style of lab. Don't believe me? Go ask the Africans. I mean, you all you got to do is a little bit of research on Fauci and Burks. And their very first news conferences always included HIV and um, COVID-19. SARS was mixed in there sometimes. Um, but anything Wuhan related and HIV were always used in the same press conference that they, they came up in, in unison, if not once, twice in just about every news conference. And I thought to myself, okay, I've heard her. I'm a communication specialist. So I listen and I'm like, all right, I've heard her use those two interchangeably nearly for several news conferences. And I don't know if anyone else is picking up on that, but something's not right about that. Something is not right. I mean, my triggers, my, my, I call them triggers, but my, my discernment was off the chart listening to that. And I thought, something's not right. And now we know it's not right. Now what have we done? We've spent the better half of a week trending that Fauci lied and people died. Well, we know that. What are we going to do about it? So there needs to be an investigation. Whether or not we believe, and listen, I tout the same stuff you guys do some days. I spout this stuff like nobody's business. Well, what difference does it make? Because the, 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 the judiciary is dead. Nobody's adjudicating anything. There's no justice. Justice has died. She's standing there molested and robbed and naked in the streets and, you know, without her blindfold. And, and she's standing there without a rope. And the scales are gone. And so I get it. I do the same thing. But it doesn't mean that we still don't need to go through the process. We do need to go through the process of demanding an investigation in these things and seeing them through. And I'm going to tell you something. Forget about waiting on Congress. You can demand it till Jesus returns. But y'all need to be doing this on a personal, communal, uh, municipal, state level. That's how this needs to go down. I mean, we're sitting over here ticked because the feds, you know, how many times do we have to see Zuckerberg's atrocity sitting in front of Ted Cruz? Well, Ted Cruz, you know, slaughters uh, Mark Zuckerberg in a congressional and Senate hearing today. And I'm like, who cares? (laughs) Next, what's what's coming of that? What points have we put on the board other than, you know, it makes Ted look like he's, you know, the big man on campus. And he is. That's fine. And I love Ted Cruz. I'm not shaming Ted Cruz. But I'm telling you, there comes a day. When you have to go, have we put any points on the board? Hey, I'm glad you got to the, you know, you got to 99 yard run. That's fantastic. (laughs) You know, too bad 20 out of 21 games, you've gotten down to the one yard line. That's awesome. Are we ever going to score a touchdown? 
Have you? Have, has anyone else besides me stopped to ask that question? How many times? How many more times are we going to see these yahoos in front of Congress before we go? Hmm, okay, well, this is theater. This is Kabuki theater. Seriously, I mean, it's nuts. So, guess what we do? We take it back on a personal, municipal, county, state level organization. Form organizations. Form an organization around these so-called vaccinations. Form something that sues Dr. Fauci personally, if that's what you're so inclined to do. There a lot of that's going on around the country, I'm just telling you. And so this, I keep warning you, lawfare. Lawfare. It is here. And for people who have been defrauded, whose lives have been stolen, you've been lied to, oh my gosh. I mean, it is... It's worse than you've been lied to. It's so much more than that. People's lives are worth so much more than a hashtag trend campaign on Twitter. Fauci lied. People died. Yeah, it's catchy, but tell that to the family who lost eight out of ten family members. Tell that to the person who couldn't say goodbye to their loved one on a ventilator. I mean, it's... It's criminal. It's not political. It's criminal. These are war crimes. And I'm I'm just waiting with bated breath to see who actually assigns that value to what has been uh, perpetrated upon you, upon me, upon this country. There are attorneys hard at work uh, addressing this globally, um, particularly in Europe, but... And there is an organization that has has jumped on with that uh, legal action by the uh, German attorney who's leading that charge. Um, but in terms of, you know, the country at large, I believe people are going to have to take to it um, personally, communally. I mean, churches, where are you guys? Companies. I mean, Where's industry? Where's the commercial sector right now? Why aren't they filing suit? I said charges. Why aren't they filing suit? I mean, it is criminal, and someone should, you know, if we if we did have a DOJ in place, someone should, a legitimate, uh, law-abiding, constitutionally avowed Department of Justice in place, which we haven't had in years, in my humble opinion. We just haven't. The upper echelon of the of the DOJ, um, I'm not sure what President Trump was thinking, but that should have been the first drain plug that was pulled, in my humble opinion. And it wasn't. It wasn't, and here we are. And maybe he had to pick his battles. And so he went for what he knew, which is the economy. But hopefully we've learned a lesson that if and when he ever returns, yes, the economy is important, And I'll tell you what, since people, I think that's what's driving people right now, in my humble opinion, uh, driving people to still stand for the America first, for the, for the Trump, um, isms, if you will, um, in the way of America first is that people got a little taste of what it was like to, to, uh, to thrive. And that needed to happen in order to boost morale, in order to boost hope that ingenuity industry, um, you know, 
uh, America First principles were are something that can and did bring this country back up from ashes. And it did. And he did it in four years. That's pretty amazing. And not to mention our reputation globally. And now look at us. We're a laughingstock, quite literally. And so I think that was necessary. I also think it's a shame that he didn't have a vice president or others around him who were slightly more uh, centered around draining that swamp. And I, particularly within the DOJ, and I think one of the reasons why is because they were part of the swamp. I mean, two plus two really is four. And if it snorts like a pig and grunts like a pig and rolls around and slop like a pig and has a curly cute tail like a pig and, you know, it's a pig. Smells like a pig, eats like a pig. It's a pig. There's no way around it. And so, you know, it's a, I don't like where the country is right now. Again, I will reiterate, God is not dead. He is not surprised by what we are uh, encountering, what we're enduring right now as a nation. But you really do have a lot more power at your disposal, uh, disposal as an individual than you realize. And so I want to encourage you not to allow the discouragement to take a foothold in your mind or in your heart. And one of the ways it can do that is when you continue to parrot and reiterate and retweet and hashtag and join the campaigns that just keep things in motion um, that keeps the storm swirling. And I would rather see you engage with people who are doing things to score the touchdown, to drain the swamp, to take your states back, to take your sovereignty back, to take your children back. Quit complaining about education institutions, uh, the academic institution, the academic gods, lowercase g. Stop complaining about that because you're not held at gunpoint to send your children to universities. And right now, a lot of those children cannot find jobs. So this is a prime time for this country to go back to uh, labor, to go back to uh, industry, to go back to uh, technical schools, to go back to trade schools. If you're tired of robots and, and technology taking your jobs, go get your jobs back. Quit sending. Starve the academic gods. Starve the technology gods. And what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is the technology guys do you the biggest disservice by pumping out disinformation in the way uh, that is extremely subtle and providing technology that makes things so easy for us. I'm not saying that technology is of the devil. I'm not saying that. And there's nothing new under the sun. And those pyramids got here somehow. So I, I'm not saying that, that we are the sharpest tools in the you know, dispensational shed of creation. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying that there's a real intrinsic value to people who can roll up their sleeves and fix something with their own two hands and with applied knowledge. There's a real value to that. And there's a lot of power in that. 
there's a lot of power in people who can turn off their devices and not allow themselves to be tracked or otherwise encumbered uh, with the latest tweet or the latest this or the latest ad or the latest draw or the latest lie, the latest quiz, the latest, oh, look what she wore. Um, there's a real, there's real power in that. So I want to empower you to take your individual power back. You are not powerless. You know, I asked a question that was, that was pretty, it was a tricky question in this day and age because it's very easy to be accused of inciting something, right? And as you know, if you've listened to my show at all, you know that I've said to all of you, put your guns in your gun safes and keep them there unless someone is coming after your life and your home and your families, okay? But it's, well, and if you're, you know, if you carry your weapon on your person, that's fine. I'm speaking directly to the people who are like, we're going to have to take the country back ourselves. We're just going to have to take up arms. I mean, it's time. Somebody's got to do something, Monica. And I'm like, okay, so what are you going to do? Walk out, so you're gonna walk out your front door, who are you shooting first? I mean, just think of how stupid you sound. I mean, I just, I scoff at that because it's so ridiculous. And it's exactly what the powers that be want you to do is to run out and engage in something kinetic. But I did tweet the other day. I asked a question because I, anytime I ask a question, there's a very good reason behind it. And I've already confessed this, so I'll spare you the explanation again. But, but I asked a very simple question. Why do you think it is Americans haven't taken to the border to defend their own border yet? Because I see all this complaining on Twitter. Well, I can't believe what the Biden administration is doing. And and look at Kamala. She's not doing anything. Oh, look at the Guatemalans. They actually mocked her and told her to go home that Donald Trump won the election. And they're telling their own people not to go to America, you know, and they're citing that the reason why their residents are fleeing is because Biden's here open armed policy. Excuse me. And so you know, all this blah, 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 bitch, 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 complain, whine, grain, blah, blah, blah. All right. And I'm like, okay, so why haven't we? <laughs> and I love the responses. Some of you were like, yeah, we're ready to go. <laughs> I was like, oh boy, here we go. Hope I don't get a visit from DHS because in no way, shape or form am I implying that you need to take up your arms and show up at the border. I was asking a question, a very honest question. Why do you think it is we haven't? And the answers were kind of all over the board from, well, we have jobs. You know, I love that one. The sanctimonious ones. We have jobs, unlike the left. Like Democrats don't work. I know it seems that way. And a large portion of them who have been convinced that they're all disenfranchised and they can't figure out how to fill out a voter registration card, um, that, that yes, many people are on the teat of the government who reside on the left side of the aisle or they don't they're not even on a side can we just be honest they don't even know what the d stands for they're told by people like stacy abrams here's the d here's how you mark it and this is what you do and this is where you show up for your free pizza and lap dance and you know a download so it's crazy and just ass backwards and totally illegal but they do it and it works but but most americans want to work and you know how i know that because we're still the richest nation on earth and we were created by a very creative and liberty loving author of ingenuity. And I see the ingenuity that comes out of this country and you will never convince me otherwise. I see the, the idea creators. I see the technology. I see the industry. I see communities built. I see, um, 
infrastructure. I see our United States military. And you will never convince me that this nation is not riddled with ingenuity. You just won't. And that ingenuity isn't some cloud that sits in the sky. It's actually in the brain. It's in the mind and in the body, the the human psyche of the American human. That's where that power resides, the ingenuity of the American human. Remember that I said that in the coming days. The American human, the created by the creator, American human. That doesn't, I'm not saying that as some nationalist or, you know, in a, in a negative sense or like we're, you know, we're so much better than you. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I'm speaking truth and you know it. So most Americans want to work because humans have been designed to work. And that's extremely biblical. I'll spare you that theology lesson, but it's extremely biblical. But there's, <laughs> you know, we have a job. I'm like, okay, all right. Well, you know, we'd be arrested if we showed up. I'm like, okay, and? Well, you know, they put us on a watch list. Mm-hmm. And you're probably already on a list. If you're on Facebook and you've had anything at all to do with Trump or you've posted anything, hashtag MAGA, anything at all pro-America for the past four years, trust me when I tell you, you are on someone's algorithmic list. Now, what they do with that list is anyone's guess, and that's not to scare you. It is to hopefully get your butts off of Facebook and, and other social media down, uh, social mediums. But I'm just telling you that is absolutely the truth. You are being um, monitored. And so if you're afraid of what you have been championing, if, if, if because your fearless leader in the way of Donald Trump has exited the field, whether by legitimacy or not, or whether he's some shadow government or not, whatever, he is not on the visible landscape of politics, of governance in this country right now, other than rallies and uh, keeping hope alive in the way of America first agendas, um, and rallying you to keep hope, the hope alive that he, you know, put his life and his family's life on the line for for four years. Okay. Other than that, uh, we have a, a very real administration that is clearly not interested in abiding by constitutional precepts and laws. <laughs> Forget about precepts. I mean, laws, actual laws. We have a very lawless government at the moment, as far as I'm concerned. Um, you have to know that if you're not willing to stand up right now and champion the things that you've been spouting and espousing for the past four years, then I have to question your authenticity was ever really authentic. Again, I'm not calling you to the border. I'm calling you to think. To think about things. Someone else said, well, we're just helpless. I'm like, no, we're not. We have over 320 something million, not only people, but we have over 300 million weapons in this country in the way of guns. We're not helpless. To, to, to a large extent, we appear to be heartless. And why do I say that? 
because there is a revolutionary spirit in this country right now. And it started four years ago. And it's still very much so alive. And I want to keep that revolutionary spirit alive in you. I want the border to matter. I do want you to show up at the border and feed our border patrol. I want you to lay your eyes on what's happening down there and quit quit leaning on media to do it. Well, I can't. I got a job. Well, you go on vacation, don't you? You take time off from work, don't you? You can't make your way to the border to align with a church who's being overrun right now who might need some help. You can't run to the border to help uh, Governor Abbott and others um, in the way of however they're processing or 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 moving uh, illegals into whatever that help looks like. I'm not calling you to the border to do something ridiculous and nefarious and to shoot at people. Don't be ridiculous. That's not what I'm calling you to. But I'm doing away with your excuses. I mean, I'm on my way there this month. And I got to tell you, I, I personally have avoided it because I know me. And I have a lot of other things on my plate right now. And I'm telling you, I'll probably see that. And I'll, and I, because I have the stories from the farmers and I have the stories from, um, ice, uh, from, from our, uh, from our border agents. I have ice stories. I, I have pastors' stories. And, and I'm listening to these things going, I cannot believe what I'm hearing. The cartels are literally running our border. And, and I'll probably want to stay. So I've avoided it because I'm like, ah, I'll probably want to stay and help everybody as much as I can. And I have, um, and I have other things that I'm working on, but I do want to bring you um, real-time stories from the border and hear from people who are actually just overrun down there. But I also want to call you to go to your border, not get in the way, not be some vigilante. That's not what I'm calling you to do. I'm going to say that again. I'm not calling you to do that. I'm calling you to find a way to assist people on the border of securing our borders and keeping them secure. There are organizations out there who are doing this now. There are churches who need help. Again, there are um, groups who have banded together to feed border agents to take care of them. They need our support right now. Find a local ICE office. And, you know, drop something to them. Send a thank you lunch or something. You know, get a get a coalition of, of wives and mothers or dads. I'd love to see men do this instead of it always being women. I would love to see a coalition of men do this. And like, hey, thank you. We can't be at the border, but we can't, you know, necessarily enforce our immigration laws other than voting yahoos out who don't care about our borders. But we want to honor you for being champions of, you know, maintaining law and order in this country and keeping us safe as it pertains to immigration. That's empowering. That is something you can do. I was just I was just reading through them and I thought, okay, well, I'm taking a risk putting this out here because I know how easily people will twist and mangle and turn your words into, well, it's a silent call. It's a dog whistle. No. Do I strike you as a dog whistler? (laughs) I'm pretty straightforward. And I have been calling for a revolution in this country of your mind, of your spirit. Because once that happens, you're unstoppable. 
You just are. And the powers that be know that, which is why they kill you daily and they inundate you on social media and with deception and mainstream media. And we just retweet it like robots. In the meantime, they're like psychic vampires. They just suck your brain out and you have no energy to actually fight the battles that matter in your own communities or even in your own home. Some of your families are falling apart and you don't even have the bandwidth to deal with that. It's much easier to sit on Twitter and bitch about the world falling around, around, you know, crumbling around you and feeling like you're doing something because people actually agree with you somewhere. Your wife doesn't agree with you about anything, but at least the people on Twitter do. And she's kind of hot and she agrees with me. So I must be doing something right. Maybe I'm not such a dummy after all. Maybe my kids and my wife and, you know, the American modern family have it wrong. I get it, fellas. I really do. Or women who are just exhausted and, you know, feel like their voices are never heard or they're stuck at home with the kids all day. And you get on social media and you're some kind of a rock star. Yeah, I mean, it's addicting. You don't think people knew that whenever they created the platform? You don't think all of this was completely fashioned to take you out of fellowship, physical fellowship with people? And do you have any idea how important that is? Do you have any idea how important that is for us to continue as, as a civilized, um, as a civilization, as a human civilization? Why do you think they've covered your faces? They've silenced your voices six feet apart, shut businesses down. They poke you and prod you until you punch flight attendants in the face and knock out two teeth. They argue and chide you and, 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 and treat you like children. They rob you of your constitutional rights in the name of a very fake uh, virus that's, that's a bioweapon. Who's protecting you? Who's not assaulting your constitutional rights at this point? Those are the questions you should probably be asking yourself. Whose campaign can you support? I'm going to implore you once more. I would never send money to the RNC ever for any reason during this campaign cycle. And if you do, you deserve Joe Biden as your president. And I don't really care how you feel about that. That's exactly what I think. And that's what I believe. And I would say that in a room filled with Republicans. So, no, the RNC has done this country no favors whatsoever. You need to be supporting candidates who you believe in directly. It takes a lot to run for office, especially if you are a legitimate, um, decent human who wants to affect change, whether it's in your state legislatures, your boards of education, your um, city councils, you know, your county commissions, whatever it is, United States Congress. It, it takes a lot. It's a heavy lift. No joke. It's a heavy lift running for office. It takes a toll on the entire family. And so get organic again, you guys. Get back to fellowship. Make your way down to the border. And I'm not saying show up down there by yourselves and, you know, entertain coyotes and, and try to rescue children on your own. For God's sakes, don't get into any of that. I'm saying partner with organizations, churches, law enforcement, who's already there, who could use the morale booster, who could use a meal, who could use a hug, who could use an American flag or a pocket constitution or a gift card 
I don't even know if that's legal. I don't, I don't know if border agents can take anything like that, but, um, but they can certainly eat a meal. They can see a smiling face or shake a hand that says, Hey, thank you for your hard work. If you don't want to go to the border, like I said, find a local ice office and honor these people. I can't even imagine what that feels like to be part of that um, sect of our, of our government. They are, they are, uh, I mean, wow. They are verbally assaulted daily and falsely accused daily. Talked about, talk about character assassination of people. It's, it's rough. It's rough. So I would encourage you to do your part, take your power back. Take your power back. All right. Till tomorrow. I love you guys. Be good to your neighbor. Beginning in your own mirror. You know all that good stuff. You know my coffee mugs, t-shirts, hats, all that. You can find that at my website that says exactly that. If you are an American, act like one. All that good stuff. You can also contribute to my uh, efforts at monicamatthews.com. Greatly appreciate you. And uh, I love you. Have a good night.